was alive unto God, just like a child's alive unto God, but he didn't have the Spirit of God in him. We have the Spirit of God in us, uh, which is one big difference from us and Adam. Uh, and, and this is part of my opinion, but my opinion was, if you look at the two trees, uh, he said, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but he never told them not eat of the tree of life. And I always suspect that the tree of life was a type and a shadow of the Holy Spirit that the Lord wanted to give to Adam at some point in time. Um, because he said if he eats of the tree of life, then he'll live forever. And the Lord said, well, we can't have him eat of the tree of life after he sinned. So uh, well, he was already going to live forever anyway. So why would the tree of life allow him to do that? Uh, I, think it was, I think it was the eternal life that's really the Holy Spirit. Uh, because if you look at Jesus, when he came unto the earth, uh, he was a, the last Adam, but he still got baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon him when he was 30. So, see, so he was exactly like Adam, I believe, until the Jordan River. And then he was like we are going to be in the future. Uh, and, and, again, you know, a lot of that's, you know, a little speculation, but it seems to fit if you look at the whole, you know, why, how are things going to change? And, uh, and I think about stuff like this on occasion. I don't, you know, dwell on it because, again, we don't have a lot of strong, strong doctrine. But it seems as though that something has to be different. Otherwise, we're just going to repeat all the same errors, right? Well, the difference is... We all have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. You know, Adam didn't have that. And Jesus didn't have that until the Jordan River. So, um, so Jesus was kind of transition between the old Adam and, the, and the, what, what we are going to be in the future. And so we, that means we have an advantage, and we do. We have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. Adam didn't have that advantage. Even though he was alive unto God, he didn't have the advantage of the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of him uh, like we do today. And so I believe it was always the desire of the Lord for the Spirit of God to come into us uh, even with Adam, and I think that was the plan that at some point Adam would become mature enough to know to receive the, the tree of life, which was a type in the shadow of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then, you know, if he'd have made it to that point, then he may never have sinned, right? Because he would have had the strength of the Spirit of God in him. Is that true? You're going to argue about it? I'm not going to argue about it because we don't really know. But it's some things to think about, right? Because um, because we're human beings, right? And we, have a, we can think about stuff, right? So... Um, uh, but anyway, if you're sitting around and don't have anything to think about, just think about some things like that, right? <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I do think about, you know, about some of those things, you know, how is our body able to naturally withstand uh, sickness and disease when there was none created in the beginning, right? Uh, and so, but, uh, you know, the Lord's creation, I mean, just like the earth, right? The earth was never created to have sin in it, and yet sin is in the earth. And the Bible talks about how all creation groans, and the reason it groans is because there's sin, right? The earth was never intended to house and host sin, and yet it does, and it still survives, right? And, of course, you know, all the environmental wackos, you know, they're all thinking the earth is almost about to collapse. and fall. The earth is way more capable of withstanding our, our stupid things we do to it, which we do, right? We, we, we pollute it, and we... We do terrible things to the earth, uh, but uh, because God created it, I think it's way more capable than people give it credit, you know. Uh, and, of course, you know, the uh, global warming, you know, but 50 years ago it was global cooling, you know, and, and um, which I always think is funny because, you know, they can't tell you what the weather's tomorrow with any accuracy, but they guarantee in, in 100 years we're going to be too warm to sustain life. But we can't tell you what tomorrow is going to be on the weather, right? And so, uh, anyway, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They found out it keeps going on. 
Oh, I know. Uh, I mean, every few years they'll find, oh, yeah, we accidentally found another 50 trillion barrels of oil. And um, I mean, there's probably better things for the environment, but even electric cars, you know, if you look at the whole, you know, I'm an engineer, so I look at stuff. You look at the whole uh, effort of to build an electric car is way more environmentally uh, difficult or, or uh, uh, bad for the environment than, than a gasoline engine. Same thing with you know, they got ethanol, you know, it costs a whole lot more energy to produce a gallon of ethanol than it does to produce a gallon of gasoline. And I mean, I, I don't want to get into politics, but, uh, you know, the, the problem I have with politics is it's rarely sane. It's just insanity and, and the crazy people doing things. And so uh, if we could just sit down as adults, human adults, and, and make rash decisions or make reasonable decisions, it would be a lot better, right? But um, anyway, yeah, we're going to get way off the course really quick, so we're going to get back on, on healing, right? All I, what I do know is healing is for us today, right? Amen. Hasn't changed, and um, uh, the Lord is still our healer, and, um, uh, and that much we do know, right? Everything else is kind of a, a, our opinions, but uh, the Word of God is not an opinion, it's faith, amen? Uh, and so we finished up uh, last week, of course, uh, Chris isn't here, so she, she's headed to, uh, actually she's headed to Denver, which it's May 22nd, and it's supposed to snow four inches, right? And so... Uh, so she went wearing warm clothes uh, this week. She'll be back later this week there. But um, uh, so uh, she's going to a cold part of the earth. And so I don't think she's going to be there. What's that? Oh, she took She did. Yeah. And she thought, this is crazy. I'm wearing long sleeve and got a coat in my car uh, and it's hot here. Right. So um, and I think uh, Monty was down in Florida. He said it was 98 degrees, about 98 percent humidity. Right. Uh, and so um, all is well. Right. Um, so, so that's why she's not here today. So, um, but let's let's open our, our Bibles to um, uh, the, the Book of Joel, so the Old Testament, right? So, one of the Old Testament prophets. So, um, and um, so we finished up uh, last week's chapter, and um, let's see. Last week was about uh, oh yeah, about Peter walking on water and uh, learning some things about Peter uh, and that whole thing about faith. And I, and I thought, you know, I think it's more about that. And um, the whole point about as long as Peter's eyes were on Jesus, everything was fine. And we had the discussion about whether or not you should go and get the information from your doctor or not. Um, you know, again, I, I can't tell you what to do in that. I just know that some people, if they take their eyes off Jesus and look at the doctor's report, they end up worse off than if they kept their eyes on Jesus and stayed with their faith. Um, you can and ought to be able to get to a point from your spiritual uh, growth to be able to hear what the doctor says and it not affect your faith amen but everybody's not in that place and so i can't tell you what to do on that you know i would encourage you to to do uh what you need to do in that um but um but sticking your head in the sand in itself is not faith right if you're believing god then then you don't it doesn't matter whether you have a doctor's report or not it doesn't really matter right that's fine but if you just don't want to hear because you're afraid of what the report is that's really not faith. That's that's avoiding the fear of the, of the knowledge of, of the report. So you got to find that path for yourself. You got to find out whether it's better for you to, to hear it or not hear it. For me personally, you know, it's neither good news nor bad news. It's just news. Right. And so I don't really necessarily have to know what the doctor says. For me personally, you know, if I hear what the doctor says, it still doesn't affect my faith. Uh, but uh, everybody's not at that location of faith. So, you know, you find out what your faith just be careful that that you're not avoiding the doctor's report because of fear, because that's not faith and it's going to cost you in the long run. Amen. It's not going to be to your advantage to avoid 
information because you're afraid of what it says. Because if you think about it, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's already there, right? Whether you believe, whether you hear about it or not, it's already there. Whatever the thing is, if it's if it's uh, news that you've got some whatever thing you've got, that's already there. So the doctor doesn't does, he, his report's not changing what's going on in your body, right? Whatever is going on in your body, good or bad, the doctor's not changing that by telling you what's going on. Amen. So to to be afraid to hear what the doctor says. And so you don't listen to what the doctor says. That's not a good foundation of faith. Amen. Does that make sense? Uh, right. So so you've got to find that path for your own self. And um, uh, uh, and, and don't live off of other people's faith. Right. Because other, sometimes people will say, well, they didn't go to the doctor and they're fine or, or they didn't hear what the doctor said and they're fine. So that's what I'm going to do. Well, that's their faith. Right. You can't live off of somebody else's faith. You've got to go what's in what's in your heart amen if your heart's well I, I just need to know what it is i need a name and once i get a name that i can use the name that's above every name you know that's fine right um uh, or if you know it doesn't matter what the doctor says uh, i'm the healed of god well that's fine too right so so both both ways are fine um uh, you find out what path works best for you amen uh and so 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 this chapter is talking uh, the title of this chapter is happiness and health and so, uh, so she's starting here in, in Joel chapter 2, says in verse 21, uh, Fear not, O land, uh, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Uh, so this whole chapter, is, she says that joy or rejoicing is a command and therefore is not optional and is a matter of choice, not emotions. Uh, and that is true, right? So the nice thing about, uh, about the word of God, the word of God says, here's how you can live regardless of the circumstances the world says you live according to the circumstances so if they're good circumstances then you're happy if they're bad circumstances you're not happy the word of god says you can be in joy and rejoice regardless of the circumstances right uh, in fact we had read uh, james last week where it says count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations and trials uh, and so uh, the nice thing about living by faith is you get to choose how you feel right you get to choose what emotions are going on in your life? And people will say, well, you can't choose. Um, 100% you can choose, right? According to faith in the Word of God, you get to choose if you're happy today, full of joy today, or sad today, right? Uh, and people that uh, are dealing with depression, you know, the psychologists say, well, don't tell people just to be happy. Well, uh, you know, you, you can't be so flippant when you're dealing with people that are, that are dealing with depression uh, because they don't know what that means. When you say, well, just be happy, right? Uh, you've got to instruct them. But faith says you get to choose because depression says I can't help it, right? I, this is the way that I am and all these thoughts are there. Well, you know, it, it would take a lot of, of training and teaching and instruction to show them that you need to get your mind renewed, that the Bible says to take captive every thought, right? Uh, and, and so there's training in, in verses like that that you can teach somebody who's dealing with depression that, you know, when that thought comes that you're no count, you're unworthy, you'll never you'll never succeed, you can't do it. You know, whatever those thoughts are that, that lead to depression, you've got to attack that thought where that that's not true. The word of God says I'm a child of the living God. So you take captive, you take that cap, you take that thought captive. You don't just allow it to run in, in your mind and keep going over and over again. But that's not you know, that's not what the, the doctors don't have any concept of taking captive every thought. So they think that Christians are just telling people that are depressed, well, just be happy. Well, I'm not telling people just to be happy. 
I'm telling them walk by faith. And when you walk by faith, you say, when that thought comes, it's my choice to accept that thought or not. It's my choice to accept that uh, sad thought or not. It's my choice. I have a choice. And that's the, that's the difference between just being flippant and say, well, just not be sad, right? Um, you know, it, it's an it's a, it's a act of faith, right? And so... Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Because that's an action of faith, right? Because when you're praising the Lord, what are you not doing? You're not thinking about your depression. You're not thinking about why you sad. You know all my problems and woes and. Uh, because those things are real. I mean, that whatever those, those thoughts are, at least many of them are not always real. Sometimes they're manufactured, right? Oh, you're worthless. Well, that's not true. But, um, but you know, how are you going to make it? How are you going to overcome? You know, what did I do wrong? You know, all those things, the thoughts that come to you, many of those things are legitimate, legitimate thoughts in the sense that it's due to some real action, it's due to some real event. And so, we, you know, we don't want to be flippant and, and, and callous about the real problems that people go with. But faith says, I can, I can still praise the Lord. Uh, and when you do that, see, then your thought, you're taking captive your thoughts. These are my, I'm going to think about the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. That's what I'm going to do. And even if you don't necessarily know that you're doing uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, that's what you're doing. You're taking, these are my, I'm, these are my thoughts. I'm going to choose what I think of. And I choose in this moment to think of the Lord and to praise him. And that's an act of faith, right? That's, uh, and even if people don't understand it, that's the root of it, right? The, the value is you're walking by faith. Uh, and the nice thing is it works, right? Uh, and it works way better than a Xanax or whatever the pills people are on, you know. Uh, and, it, you know, and it amazes me, people that are young, you know, in their 20s and stuff. I don't know how many people that are in that age, they're, you know, even teenagers, right, on depression medication. Uh, and, you know, it's really sad because, you know, the, that, me- that medication is very strong. Any, any kind of mental uh, health medication, and I thank God for the, that medication because it's helped a lot of people. But it does change your personality. It can completely change who you are, uh, especially if it's really, really strong. It'll suppress your entire personality, right? And they'll live that way many times all of their life, right? Could take an overshoot. Yeah. Now, is that medication for depression? Uh, actually, anxiety. Oh, anxiety, okay. Anxiety. Yeah. It's a horrible, I'm sorry, I think it's yeah. a horrible medication because to get off of it, mm-hmm. it's, you know, an act of God, really. Right. And he, he finally, he, he tried, he went to rehab once after it worked, and then finally he allowed the Lord to help him. And yeah. Right. Really? Wow. Yeah. Because it's so strong. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, you know, and I'm skeptic. You know, he's 34. I've got to pull back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's adult, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, uh, and so you have to be 
compassionate about that because that medication is so strong that uh, uh, a lot of that medication is so strong that your body needs it then to, to continue on, right? And so, you know, being so flippant, we'll just get off of it. Well, you know, you get off of it, right? Um, so you have to be careful. For me personally, it was a slight advantage for me that I was so poor growing up, we could never afford any prescription medication. So you just had to throw dirt on and get by with it, right? I mean, you know, so one advantage of being poor, we never went to the doctor, right? And so nowadays, because medication is so readily available that they just go stick, you know, this super strong uh, mental medication on children, uh, and kids, you know, it's like, well, he's eight years old. Yeah, but he's depressed. He's not depressed. He's just mad because someone took his toy, right? And you know, now, I mean, used to be, you growing up, you used to deal with things, learn how to deal with, you know, get along with kids and get along with teachers. And nowadays they give every, you know, everybody's got ADHD and, uh, and it's like, you know, it was just a rowdy kid, you know, just, if you beat them enough, they'll straighten up. Right. And so uh, it's a boy, right. It's called being a boy. Right. And, and so nowadays it's, uh, they, they put some, you know, the, they, they put these medical terms on things as an excuse to, to pump uh, children with medication, you know, and just because it's a medical term, it sounds fancy. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm not a doctor, so, you know, you do whatever you want to, but I'm just, there are a lot, many things, you know, I'm not going to name any of them in particular, but there are many things I hear people have, it's like, I'm suspicious that that's a real thing, because when I was growing up, that's like, yeah, that was all of us, right? We all, we all were that way, right? Uh, and so, uh, but, you know, <clears throat> uh, but I do know that uh, the Bible says, be glad and rejoice. That's what it says, right? Joel 2.21, be glad, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Fear not is what it says, right? So uh, you see that a lot in the Word of God, fear not. In fact, uh, you know, it's, it, that phrase is in the Bible many, many times. You know, someone said it was in there 365 times. It's not really there 365 times. They kind of made it up, but uh, that way they can make a calendar, right? So they're, they're trying to sell stuff. So it's not really there 365 times, but it is many, many times, right? Uh, and and why, why is that? Why, is it, why does the Lord tell us to fear not? Well, because that's a natural response of human beings, right? With circumstances that they can't see the end of, they get in fear. Well, I don't know, how, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, he says, fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice. For, here's why. Here's why you, don't, you, why you can be glad and rejoice. For the Lord will do great things. Uh, and that's really why, I mean, that's a very good uh, summary verse of, here's why we as Christians don't have to be afraid. Here's why we as Christians can rejoice and be glad, because the Lord will do great things. So we don't just, oh, I know everything's terrible and falling apart. You know, I'm happy anyway. Well, why? Well, because the Bible said to be happy. No, it doesn't say be happy just because. It says be happy because the Lord is going to get you out of it, right? So if the Lord really does get you out of it and he's going to get you out of it, then okay, it's easy to be rejoiced and be glad, right? So we don't, we don't, we're not just these weird, you know, in spite of, you know, everything falling apart, we're happy people. That's, that's not what it says. We're happy people in the midst of the circumstance, because God will change it and turn it around. He will come and do great things on our, in our lives and for us. And so that's why, so that's faith, right? Faith is in this moment, whatever's going on, the Lord will do great things. He will get me out of this. He will, we said this morning about uh, that uh, many other afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him out of how many? Them all. So that's why we rejoice, right? We have many afflictions, right? Uh, we never, the Lord never promised that the, that the life of the Christian would be free from any afflictions or free from any, any, any difficulties that life brings. But whatever life does bring, the Lord has an answer for that. And because of that, then we can rejoice. And that's really a, a life of faith as a Christian. I, and I do see a lot of Christians that will have the appearance of being joyful, 
because that's what they think they should do. Even though they're not joyful on the inside, they're joyful on the outside, but they have the same worries and same frets and same anxieties on the inside as much of the world has because they think we're supposed to look this way. But see, joy is, is an outward expression of an inward hope. So joy comes from the inside, right? Joy is not just how you look. Joy is, is, what's come, is a reflection of what's on the inside of you. It should be, right? Real joy is what's on the inside of you, an expression of what's on the inside of you, and not just, um, not just how you look, right? And so, uh, and, and, you know, our society and just growing up, you know, we're taught generally don't express any difficulties, hide it, mask it, you know, put a pretty face on it anyway. Uh, and to me, that's no way to live, right? No way to live that you're hiding everything. You should be expressing on the outside everything that's on the inside. Now, I say that with a, a caveat of if you're crazy on the inside, be, don't do that, right? Uh, <laughs> what you should do is have the inward hope in you that no matter what comes my way, the Lord will do great things. See, then you can be exactly on the outside what you are on the inside. That's the way we should live. That's the, the happiest that you'll ever be when you're able to express on the outside everything that you are on the inside and everything there is full of joy. And, and that's the, the ideal for the Christian. And that's not even pie in the sky ideal. That's how we can live every day, right? Uh, and, and so, of course, some people are just mean and hateful on the inside and that's how they express themselves on the outside. Well, go put yourself in a quiet room for a while until you get to where on the inside you're doing the right things, amen? Uh, and so, uh, now she said, uh, after this introduction in her book, she said, joy, even poor human joy, is the greatest stimulant, the most powerful restorative, the most effective tonic I know, uh, uh, the most effective I know anything about in this world. Which is funny, because that's what she said about sleep, right? Remember she said that about sleep is the most effective tonic you know you can have, and now she's saying joy is the most, so I don't know which one it is, right? Uh, my personal opinion is I don't necessarily agree with that statement because uh, I think, uh, um, uh, you know, because in, in this case, you know, joy is really, uh, joy is a response to something, right? And so it's, it's a result of something. It's not something in and of itself. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't like to say statements like this because this doesn't, this is not what the Word of God says, right? There's no Bible verse that says that joy is the most effective tonic uh, of anything in the world. Um, it is helpful, obviously, right? It's good for us. But joy, it's, joy is really, it, it, I mean, the definition I like is an outward expression of an inward hope. So joy is not what changes things in you. Joy is what comes about because you are changed, right? So I, I don't get in joy and then everything is fixed. I, I'm in joy because everything is fixed, right? And, and so uh, we leave behind the sadness and depression and, and, and then we repla we've replaced it with joy. So not a big deal about it. I'm not going to get up, upset at uh, Dr. Yeomans there, but, um, uh, but joy is, is uh, something that we can choose to do, right? Uh, and we're going to, uh, as we get time, and I don't know if we'll get to it today or not, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a, of a side journey at the end of the chapter and, and kind of look about how can we develop joy in our life, right? How, how do we go about getting joy? Because if you're not a person that has joy, well, then how do I get it? I can't just magically become a joyful person, right? It's not, uh, uh, it, it is an act of faith, but how do we get there, right? Uh, and so I think it'd be helpful to actually talk about, you know, how do you develop joy in your life? Um, and so let's turn over to a, a few verses here. She just ran a, a bunch of verses. She didn't quote them all, but I, I went through and found all the Bible references that, uh, of things she sort of quoted. And so let's turn over to Proverbs uh, chapter 17.
And it says here in verse, uh, I just saw verse 28. It says, even a fool when he holdeth his peace is counted wise. That's not the verse, but that's a pretty good verse, right? Uh, and so um, in Proverbs chapter 17, it says in verse 22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. So uh, the, uh, I'm going to read this in, in a couple other translations. It's a glad heart maketh, makes a healthy body, but a crushed spirit makes the bones dry. Uh, a rejoicing heart causes good healing, but a stricken spirit dries the bones. And the last one is a cheerful heart maketh a quick recovery. It is crushed spirits that waste a man's frame. So the interesting thing about this, about this uh, uh, verse, both in the first part and the second part, is whatever's going on inside of you has an effect of, on your physical body. So if you've got a merry heart, that's good for your physical body, right? It, it's good like a medicine. But if you've got a broken spirit or a crushed spirit or a stricken spirit, uh, that can also affect your body. It says it dries the bones, right? Uh, and I don't really know what that means, but uh, the, the last translation says it wastes a man's frame. Um, and, and that's true, right? Uh, whatever, uh, just because there are emotions and joy and happiness or emotions, actually joy is a fruit of the spirit, and we'll look at that as we go on, uh, but these are still in a soulless realm, right? And, and, uh, but they have an, an effect on your physical body. And, and a lot of doctors have found that patients that have a good attitudes, patients that have just a happy uh, demeanor, oftentimes will succeed through uh, medical treatments way more effectively than patients who are negative and, oh, I'm probably gonna, it's probably going to kill me. Uh, I'll have to make it, you know, and uh, what's going to happen? And, and the thing is, they could be in the exact same boat physically, right, as far as whatever, whatever prognosis the doctors have given to them, whatever disease they have. And the only difference is they have the same medications available to them, the same treatments available to them. But one person may be successful and the other person may not be. And many times the difference only is in their emotional realm, their soulless realm, right? Uh, do they have a positive outlook? And some doctors, you know, some hospitals will, will intentionally play, you know, uh, lighthearted uh, comedy shows and different things on TV to, to build up the spirits of people because they have found that that has a positive effect. Now, it can only go so far because it's still in the natural realm, but it can still help people, right? And th that's free, right? There's no, no medication involved with it. I'm sure they probably, on your medical bill, you know, three hours of comedy TV, you know, $8,000, right? You know, I'm sure it's, if they would line item it, you know, I'm sure they're charging you for it, right? But, um, but uh, your, your attitude, what's on the inside of you can affect what's on the outside of you, right? And, you know, I have known people like that, you know, people that are often very sickly, uh, you know, sometimes there's spiritual reasons for that. But a lot of times you just people are sickly, they got the worst attitudes, you're grumpy all the time, mean all the time, mad all the time. And, you know, sometimes it's because they're reacting to their physical bodies, but also it's just as, just as often that they're that way because of their attitudes, right? That, oh, I'm always the first one to get sick and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so, um, so uh, your attitude, your, uh, the joy that you walk in has got great value to you, right? A merry heart doeth good uh, like a medicine, right? And so, um, you know, as a, I am a doctor, right? I'm not a medical doctor, but I am a doctor of theology. And, you know, my prescription would be take two doses of joy and call me in the morning, right? Uh, and, and tell me how you feel. Uh, and, uh, and, and I say that kind of, you know, uh, half jokingly, but it's real, right? Go and get your attitude straightened up. You know, at, uh, as a whole, Christians ought to be the most joyful people anyway. I mean, the worst thing that can happen, we die and we go to heaven. How is that bad, right? 
And yet so many Christians are like, oh, it's just my life is so hard. And I know real things happen, but I mean, the worst case scenario, you're going to heaven. Amen. So uh, and each and every day we get to see the creation of the Lord. We get to see all those wonderful works. We get to see the people of, the, of God that are wonderful people. You know, there's a lot of great things, you know. And I understand, you know, uh, when um, when I was a teenager, my mother was an alcoholic. I remember begging her to stop being an alcoholic, which, of course, I didn't know anything at the time. You know, I didn't uh, I was a Christian at the time, but just, you know, a few months old in the Lord. I couldn't help my mother as far as praying for her. I had no faith to, to even know that that was a thing that you could do. Uh, but but she in her in her mind, see, she couldn't do it in her mind. Uh, after my dad died, they'd been married for 32 years. Um, and she couldn't overcome it. She couldn't figure out how to how to just live day to day. Uh, and, you know, we 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 were poor, but we weren't destitute. Right. She we she had, uh, uh, you know, retirement money coming in, Social Security money coming in. The bills were paid. You know, I mean, we ate. OK, you know, we 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 weren't. Uh, uh, I didn't li- live a, a lavish lifestyle at all, but, you know, we were comfortable. We, we had a place to live and and uh, food to eat. Uh, and yet she could never uh, she could never see. And, and you know, I, I don't know, of course, you know, I was youngest, so I didn't really see uh, uh, all the years that my mother and all the things she did. Um, I, I suspect that she she struggled a lot with. She was a very beautiful uh, uh, girl. I've got a picture of her when she's like 16, just beautiful, looked like a model to me. And I always wonder if, there, if she wasn't uh, <coughs> uh, disappointed in her life, you know, that she was ended up being a mother of 11 children with a couple of miscarriages, and that was her life, you know, and I always suspected that maybe she didn't desire more there. I don't know, you know, never did talk to her, but, uh, and so she couldn't overcome it. She couldn't find that way, which, of course, you know, she didn't know the Lord like I know the Lord, uh, and and to me, it breaks my heart to see people that, that don't, that can't find a way out, uh, and, and I look at the Word of God and say, there's a thousand ways out, right? There's, no matter what you're in, there's a thousand ways to get out of what you're in by the Word of God. But people are so unaware of that, you know, and this verse right here, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. I mean, that's a pretty good verse right there, right? It would it would it should encourage you to don't be the you know, some people just they're just sour, great people all the time. You ever meet people like that? Just no matter. Hey, how you doing? Well, you have to be better, you know, Uh, sure. Sunny out there. Yeah, but it's going to rain eventually, you know. Oh, isn't that rain wonderful? Yeah, but it's, it's flooding my yard, you know. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, it's just the worst. Right. And oh, that's a nice car. Yeah, it's probably gonna break down, you know. I mean, it's, they can't ever be happy. It's like by law, they're not allowed to be happy. Uh, and yet the Bible says that a merry heart doth good like a medicine. And, and uh, just that right there, right? You know, but it takes faith to have a merry heart. Amen. Because we read earlier in Joel 2.21, uh, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. So that's why I can have a merry heart. Because the Lord's going to do great things. So why should I be depressed and sad? Um, and so... You know, these are good verses that that help us, right? These, to me, these are kind of fundamental, simple verses that uh, we can uh, look at our own life. And Lord, do I have a merry heart? Right now, in this moment, Lord, do I have a merry heart? Uh, And and I do, right? I have a merry heart, you know, every day. And it doesn't mean I like everything that happens every day. But uh, just in general, I have a merry heart. You know, I just, I just, in pretty good mood most of the time, right? Um, And so... Uh, and, and I get to choose to do that, right? Uh, it's my choice. Uh, this is uh, uh, regardless of the circumstances I'm living in right now. Amen. Uh, and so 
uh, let's turn over to, uh, uh, she said, uh, she said again uh, later on. Um, and, you know, you know, part of it is because I'm a person of faith. Uh, my faith is always in uh, in the word, right? My faith is in the Lord. Uh, and so uh, she said, she quoted uh, John chapter 16. Uh, of course, John chapter 16 in this particular verse here, uh, Jesus is saying that uh, uh, verse 21, a woman when she is in travail hath sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. So you can have you have joy when a, a male child is born, right? But no joy when a female child is born, right? So I mean, that's what I didn't write it. That's what the word of God says, right? And so uh, <laughs> but, but uh, we're not we're not that's probably taking a little out of context is my guess. Uh, but that's what it says, right? So, you know, uh, but. Uh, and she was saying there's no there's no greater joy in, in the natural world than the, than the birth of a child. And that may be so in the natural world. And this is a true verse, right? I mean, you know, you. Um, we, we've had three kids and I was in there with, when, when my wife was delivering and it's, it's ang, a, a, agony in her part, right? You know, my part is like, you know, you go get them, girl. And, uh, and um, uh, you know, I don't really have a big part to play in that. Uh, uh, but as soon as it's over with, life is good, right? The baby's here, everybody's happy, baby's healthy, you know? And, and, and so this is a true verse, right? So, uh, but she, again, she was kind of elevating uh, this natural joy, you know, as being the greatest joy in the world of having children. Um, but really, in the context, the Lord's using this as an analogy for really talking about the Spirit of God, you know, later on. Uh, and so uh, you've got to be careful about just taking this. Uh, this is an allegory, really, of something else. Right. Uh, but uh, uh, the nice thing about this is all people can experience this. Right. Whether they're in the church or not, the church, you know, all all women. Right. I know nowadays you're not allowed to say women bear children. You're only supposed to say people who have children, right? Uh, not necessarily women. Well, you know, still today, only women have children, right? There's no other non-women people that have children, right? Uh, and so it doesn't matter if you're transgender, you're still a woman having a child, amen? So, you know, it's, uh, we live in, in an insane world right now. It's just, it's, the insanity of it is just amazing how, how intelligent human beings can, can uh, just suddenly decide that women don't exist, right? And you think that 50% of the population would have an opinion about that. Well, I exist, right? All you women, you exist still, right? You're still women, right? You're not people who bear children. You are women, amen? Uh, and there is a thing called a gender called uh, women genders. And so anyway, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's all crazy, right? Uh, and so, of course, we know uh, she went back to, to Genesis uh, with Sarah. Uh, and uh, I, don't, I don't know if we have uh, time to go. Let's, let's turn back to Genesis chapter 21. We'll just look at that real quick. Um, of course, with Sarah, um, <clears throat> let's see if we can find that there. Um, yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to find it there right off hand there. Um, you know, there was a time when, when the Lord prophesied to Sarah <clears throat> and... Um, um, And Sarah laughed, right? Remember that? Remember that Sarah laughed? Uh, and, um, um, yeah, maybe it's right there, there. So, um, uh, what chapter are you in? 21 there. Um, what, cha what chapter? You're in chapter 21? Verse 6? 
Yeah, well, that's, that's when, it, when her faith finally kicked in, right? But originally, when the Lord said that she was going to have a child, she laughed, right? Uh, and, um, <clears throat> oh, yeah, uh, go to back to chapter 18. Uh, <clears throat> and in verse 10, uh, this is the Lord speaking. It says, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, will have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent which was behind him. Uh, so the Lord's talking to Abraham. Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the man and woman. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, Am I uh, waxed old? Shall I have pleasure, uh, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I, be, shall I of, of a certainty, surety bear a child who am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? So when Sarah laughed at this time, in fact, um, uh, it says in verse 15, And Sarah denied, saying, I laughed not. For she was afraid. And he said, Abraham said, nay, but thou didst laugh, right? And so at this point in time, Sarah's laughing like, ain't no way I'm going to have a baby, right? So she's, she's not laughing for joy. She's laughing like, you're kidding, right? There's no way, you know, shall I have pleasure with my, with my, with my Lord, right? Uh, and, uh, and, Sarah, and Abraham confronted her. And why'd you laugh? I didn't laugh. Uh, you did laugh, right? Uh, and so, but the nice, thing, the, the nice thing I like about the story of, of Sarah is later on, Sarah found faith, right? In fact, she's in, in the book of Hebrews, right? Uh, in fact, we may, may look at that in just a minute. So, so then you, so that's chapter 18, right? And then we finally get to chapter 21. Uh, and it does say um, that the Lord did exactly what he said he would do. She conceived, bare Abraham uh, a son in his old age. Um, and it says in verse 3, And Abraham called the name of his son that was born with him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. We all know what the word Isaac means, right? It means laughter, right? <laughs> so this is perfectly appropriate, right? Yeah. Sarah laughed, not in faith. And now Sarah's laughing because oh, you're, you're right, Lord. And, it's, and so that's what it says in verse 6. And Sarah said, God has made me to laugh so that all that hear will laugh with me. So, so she did make it in faith, right? She did change. She did. Uh, uh, and so that's why, that's really why I like, uh, now like uh, for Abraham, he was a man of faith, right? He was always in faith, right? Even when he's messing up with Hagar, he was still in faith. But, but Sarah, it did take Sarah a little while longer to get, get on board. And, uh, but let's turn over to, to Hebrews chapter 11 and see uh, what, uh, what the Lord says about uh, our friend Sarah here, right? Um, and so um, it says in verse, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, it says, through faith. Also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. So it wasn't Abraham's faith, right, that, that, that caused Sarah to conceive. Because Abraham had the faith, uh, as soon as the Lord said, you're the father of many nations, he's, let's go. Because didn't Abraham go and have a child with Hagar? So uh, as soon as the Lord said it with, with Abraham, he's ready to go. Uh, even though he was, you know, at that time between 75 and 100 years old, he, you know, let's go. Sarah took her a little while longer, right? So she laughed, you know, like, ah, that ain't ever going to happen. Um, and uh, but it says that through faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. So so she had been watching uh, uh, Abraham's life. Right. And he was he was her example on how the Lord delivered Abraham, delivered Lot, delivered, you know, caused them to prosper and all of these things she saw over the years uh, living with Abraham and she she considered him faithful who had promised 
So, so well, he was faithful to that. Yeah, he, was, he did that right there. He told, he told Abraham he'd bless him over there. He told him he'd curse those who curse Abraham. Everywhere the feet of you, uh, so your feet shall tread. Yeah, did that, you know, and I'll, uh, I'll prosper you. And yeah, it seems like he's faithful. Yeah, so I'm going to consider him faithful that everything else that he said, he also said, I'll have a child. So if all these other things are so and they came to pass, then, then I'm going to consider him faithful that promise. And so she did move, right? She moved from where she was laughing at the Lord, like, you know, there ain't no, no going to ever happen, to she was laughing with the Lord, like, yep, you're right. It came just like you said, Lord. So that's a good story. I think that's a really good story for, for, Ab- for, for Sarah. Uh, and, and, of course, then the Lord named Isaac, or, or Abraham named Isaac Laughter, which is just perfect, right? It's like you couldn't come up with the most perfect name because her laughter went from a laughter of unbelief to a laughter of faith, and then all became well, right? So... Uh, so she she had joy right and, but her joy was not just the joy of the child but the joy of the lord being faithful right uh, and so because the lord was faithful then um uh she was able to conceive right and, and so uh even it didn't matter how much faith was abraham was in he needed sarah to also be in faith right he couldn't carry her along they both had to be in faith so that's why they're both are found in in the uh, book of hebrews chapter 11 right so it wasn't just you know, we talk about Abraham's faith, and he was, he was great faith, right? Uh, he, he is, he, in fact, he's called the father of faith, right? Uh, and for good reason, for valid reason, because he was always, I mean, in the middle of the Lord appeared to him. Yeah, let's go, Lord, right now. Let's go let's do it right now. Uh, and, you know, he did, he did uh, take some side journeys, but he, but he never left the faith of the Lord. And then those around him, at least Sarah, was able to come on board with faith and, and produce uh, Isaac then, right? Uh, so, Joy is a, is a value, right? Let's turn over to uh, to Nehemiah. We know we know this verse, right? This is kind of the, the required uh, verse uh, for uh, Nehemiah is before uh, Psalms and Proverbs, right? Um, uh, where we got there? Um, First Chronicles, Second Ezra, Nehemiah, right? Between uh, Second Chronicles and and Job, there. So Nehemiah. Uh, chapter 8, of course, Nehemiah is the story where um, they are coming back to Jerusalem. They're going to rebuild the temple, rebuild the, the city walls of Jerusalem. And um, uh, it's tough, right? Because uh, it's the, the, the city's been destitute for a while and there's a lot of pressure. Uh, there's people working behind the scenes against them. Um, and Nehemiah uh, prophesies to them. Uh, in verse 10, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, uh, then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, let, let's, uh, let's back up just a little bit. Uh, back up, we're not going to go back all the way to things, but uh, back up at verse 4, they started reading the word of God. And so different, uh, reading what the word says. And so, the, you know, we've, of course, we've all got the Bible with us, but, you know, they didn't have Bibles with them, right? They had to go to the temple and uh, listen to a, a priest read a scroll and so it wasn't as easily accessible, uh, but it, but in verse eight they started reading the reading the word right. So they read in the book of, of in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. So that was Ezra's job. So we got the book of Ezra, we got the book of Nehemiah. They were peers working together uh, to help the children of Israel, and so now they're understanding, getting to hear some of the promises of God. A lot of these people grew up not hearing the promises of God, not directly from the Word of God. Uh, and so let's read verse nine, then in Nehemiah, which which is uh, the uh, Tish, uh, Tershatha, 
And Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. So they had been reading, you know, the book of the law in Exodus, when the story of, you know, when they came out of Egypt and, and were great and mighty uh, warriors of the Lord and, and all of his promises that they really hadn't hear, heard about maybe for decades, started to hear that the Lord would care for them and take care of them and watch over them. They started weeping. And, and, and so now Nehemiah is encouraging them in verse 10, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord. Neither be you sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, and so here he's encouraging them that, you know, there is joy in the Lord. There is joy uh, in the promises of God. There is joy that God's going to deliver and protect and restore. Uh, and he says that the joy of the Lord is your strength or your shield or your buckler or your, or your, your foundation. So it's their rock is what he's saying there that uh, uh, have joy in the Lord, right? The joy of the Lord is their strength. So. Uh, it was a, it was really a good turning point for the, the children of Israel. Of course, we quote this verse a lot for the joy of the Lord is strength. But it's really good if you go back, if you go back and, and read the context of that verse, because you get to understand and see this nation that had been up to this point in time. You remember, they're all in exile, right? The, the foreign countries had come and taken them uh, into uh, uh, into exile and removed them from the nation of Israel. And, and now some of these kings are allowing them to go back to their to the ancestral home and and reestablish it. And, you know, there's something just really interesting about the nation of Israel. They, they want to be back home. They want to be in their land. Right? They're not happy being outside of their nation. Uh, and so here they are getting to go back uh, to uh, to their homeland and start to re rebuild everything. And of course, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of turmoil and a lot of uh, people working against them. Right. Uh, but God is our joy, right? God, God is the one who brings our joy. So uh, let's, uh, uh, I'm just going to read a couple of these verses. Uh, I mean, I've got a whole bunch of verses we can read here, but uh, I'm just going to read a couple of these. We don't have to turn there necessarily. Uh, it says in Psalm uh, 43, verse 4, Then will I go unto the altar of God, unto, unto my God, my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. So we can go into the altar of God and unto God, who is our exceeding joy. So is God your exceeding joy? Right? Uh, he, he should be. He can be. He is. Right. Uh, and see, if you can live in that joy, there's strength. Right. The, uh, when when, um, when Nehemiah said that the, the joy of the Lord is our strength, that's our, that word strength. There is rock. Right. Stability. It's our foundation. So if you can be in joy, see, it won't move you. You can stay right where you are in the midst of everything and you can still be all right. Uh, uh, and then uh, she says, uh, whom uh, this is in first Peter one eight, whom having not seen you love in whom, though now you see him not, you, you yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So this is really talking about our love for the Lord, that even though we don't see the Lord, you know, uh, I mean, he's not we don't see him physically here in this in this building here. We know he's here, uh, but we haven't seen him, but we do love him. Uh, and though uh, and, and even if we haven't seen him, we still believe. Uh, and because we believe, then we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So uh, there is an unspeakable joy that we have. You know, why are you full of joy? I, I, you know, I, I can't explain it. It's just I'm full of joy because of the Lord. Right. And and so. Uh, and it's full of glory. Right. Um, and 
when the, when the angels came, uh, I think she made a comment about that, that she said, believe and receive doubt and despair. Right. And that, that's a pretty uh, uh, summary uh, statement there that uh, if we believe and receive, we can believe and receive whatever the Lord has for us. But if we if we doubt, you know, we're going to be in despair. And a lot of Christians are living despair. You ever known people just it seem like they, they, they never can see that they're going to be successful in anything they do. Right. It's successful in getting over, overcoming sickness, successful in overcoming uh, financial difficulties, successful in overcoming just issues with people or with their jobs. Uh, they always seem like they're in, in despair. Uh, and, you know, the reason for that is going to be because of where they are in their walk of faith. Amen. And so Peter said that even though we haven't seen him, we still love him. Uh, and even though we, we, we haven't seen him, we can still believe. And if we were and if we will believe, then we will rejoice with joy unspeakable. Uh, the angel came to them. And so she just kind of went through some some uh, collection of verses here. Uh, the angel said unto them in, in Luke 2.10, uh, Fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Uh, and of course, we know that's the pronouncement of the coming birth of the Lord Jesus. Uh, in John 15.10, we're going to come back to John 15 here after a while when we start talking about how to, how to develop joy in our life. Uh, it, uh, Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. So I like that particular verse because Jesus said our, our joy can be full, right? You know, sometimes we can have just a little bit of joy. Well, that's not full, right? We need to have joy that's full, right? That your joy uh, would be full. Uh, and he said that my joy might remain in you. So when he said, when he said saying that, that my joy might remain in you, that means we have the capacity for joy not to remain in us, right? It should remain in us, but it may not. Uh, and we may replace joy with the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, right? The, the circumstances that we live in. Uh, we can replace joy anytime, anytime we want to, but we can also obtain joy anytime that we want to. Uh, and uh, she said, uh, quoted uh, Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy. Where? In the Holy Ghost, right? So joy, real joy is wrapped up in the Lord, right? It's not joy uh, you know, there, were, there was a book, uh, pray, uh, uh, pray, Praise on Prayer Mountain or something like that. Uh, the premise of the book was, when bad things come, uh, be thankful to the Lord for those bad things. And it was really kind of messed up, right? I mean, it didn't make a lot of sense that we're supposed to joy, have joy because this bad thing came into my life. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I think the author just kind of got misguided in from verses like James where it says count it all joy when you fall in, into diverse uh, trials and temptations but we're not we're not having the joy because of those things we're having the joy in the midst of those things and that's a whole totally different mentality right we never thank God well Lord I thank you that 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 accident occurred and and you know I broke my leg that's crazy talk right we don't thank God that I broke my leg right uh, and so uh, there, there's all kinds of weird doctors to come up because somebody got a little glimpse of, okay, we should have joy. Uh, and okay, we didn't joy for everything, right? We're not, we're, we're not, we don't thank God for terrible things that happen to us. We don't thank God for these things. We're joy because the Lord is on, on our side and he will deliver us from all affliction. Amen. Uh, and so uh, be careful that we get, uh, get weird doctrine. Amen. Because, you know, a doctrine, even though it's revelation, there's still, uh, regardless of how much revelation we get from the Word of God, how much revelation I get from the Word of God, 
to me, it still always has walking around sense, right? It makes sense when you when we have have joy because the Lord's going to deliver us. Well, that makes sense, right? If you tell me that I have joy because I just broke my leg, well, why am I, why do I have joy for that? Well, because you're supposed to have joy, and, and you know, in all things rejoice. Well, I, it didn't say for all things rejoice. It said in all things rejoice, and we'll look at some of those verses in just a minute. Uh, and so, there's a lot of weird doctrine that creeps up into the church on occasion. Uh, and then she talks about the, the book of Philippians. In Philippians, uh, it's called the joyful letter. She called it a joyful letter. Uh, and I just want to read uh, several verses here just out of uh, Philippians. So, uh, of course, we're studying on Philippians on, on, um, on uh, Wednesday nights, going through the whole book of Philippians. And this is a good summary of the book. Uh, and, and the book is a very positive book. The whole book is just, you know, Paul thanking the, the Philippians for their help and, and being part of his ministry and watching out for him. And uh, it's a very positive book, uh, really a love letter to the church at, at Philippi. Uh, but just some verses from Ph- Philippians. He starts out in verse four, uh, chapter one, verse four. Always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy. Uh, so every time Paul prays for him, it's with joy. You know, I can't say that every time I pray for somebody, it's with joy, right? Uh, but uh, for these people, it was specifically because they were such good partners with, with uh, Paul that uh, every time he prayed for them, he made requests for, for them with joy. Uh, in verse uh, chapter 1, verse 18, What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, is preached, and I therefore do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. So every time the Lord is preached, every time Jesus is preached, uh, we rejoice and we, w- w- we will continue to rejoice uh, in chapter one, verse 25. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you for your furtherance and joy of faith. He said in chapter two, verse two, fulfill you my joy that you be like minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. In uh, chapter two, verse 16, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ and that I run not and that, that I have not run in vain neither labored in vain uh, in this the very next verse chapter uh, 2 verse 17 yea and if I be offended upon the sacrifice and service of your faith I joy and rejoice with you all uh, she in the, the, again the next verse for the same cause also do you joy and rejoice with me uh, in chapter 2 verse 28 I sent him therefore the more carefully that when you see him again you may rejoice and that I may be less sorrowful um, and then uh, we skipped uh, this chapter three, verse one it says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write to you the same to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you, it is safe. Uh, and uh, the next chapter, uh, chapter four, therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and long for my joy and crown. So he calls them my joy and crown. So stand uh, fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Uh, but then finally, he's got one more time in, in chapter four, verse four. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So these are just admonitions to us. And these are all verses just from one book of the Bible, right? A small book in the Bible, uh, Philippians, and all these references to either rejoicing or having joy. Uh, and finally, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So does it say rejoice in the Lord always unless bad things are happening? I just say rejoice in the Lord always unless uh, uh, everything is not perfect. No. So do we have the capacity as Christians to always be joyful? We sure do, right? We should just be happy people. We should be joyful people, right? Uh, and so I'm going to come back next week 
uh, and just talk about joy. Uh, how, you know, how do we develop joy in our life, right? It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, right? Love, joy. It's the second fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. But how do you develop it, right? I mean, we can, we can say here's how to get it, but it's, you know, like, a, like some things, especially the fruit of the Spirit, it's really a, a fruit, right? So if it's fruit of the Spirit, it's a fruit or a product of something else that we're doing in our life. So, um, so we'll look at that a, a little bit, what the Word of God says and how do we develop joy because we should be developing joy in our life. Amen. Uh, we go all the way back to the scripture we read in, in Proverbs about that uh, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So, so having the fruit of joy in your life can produce good results even in your physical body. And with nothing else, not, not believing God for healing, not believing God to overcome sickness and disease, but just a fruit of the fruit, right? So we have joy. The fruit of the joy is the happiness. The fruit of the happiness is a merry heart. The fruit of a merry heart is a well body. And, and no faith for, for healing in that. It's just a product of your lifestyle of faith, amen? And so the, the product of the lifestyle of faith can be uh, great uh, divine health in your body, amen? And so we'll look at that. Uh, next week, and um, uh, I think hopefully uh, it'll help us to head on that path, amen, to living a life of joy. And so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. And, Father, we thank you that, uh, that we can have joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. Father, we have joy because you are our answer. The joy of the Lord is our strength, our rock, our foundation, uh, our ability to stand fast in the midst of all situations because you will do great and mighty works. And so, Father, we believe that. We choose to believe that, Father. And we thank you for these things, Father. And we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. So can we be uh, people of joy? You know, we can be. We ought to be. Amen. Uh, we can also choose not to be. Amen. And, um, you know, the church should be full of people of joy. Uh, and so... And the nice thing is, you can choose to do it anytime you want to, right? Uh, anything of faith, you can choose to do it anytime you want to. Don't have to wait for it. Don't have to, while well, I'm working on it, you know, um, just choose to do it today. Amen. So um, uh, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. And we're, we're hoping uh, we'll let you guys know uh, that uh, we'll have next Sunday service in, back in the sanctuary. And so... Um, we might not have everything hooked up, uh, but we'll be in the four walls, right? You ever move to a new house, right? You get everything inside the four walls, and even though, you know, the, the furniture's not where it's supposed to be and the picture's not hung, you're inside, right? And so that's the goal. We're get, we'll get inside, and then we'll, we'll um, it may take a while to get everything finished up there, right? So that's all right. Come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering, and uh, it'll be nice to get back, right? I mean, we appreciate the, the, uh, the facilities here, and they do have air conditioning and light, you know, bathrooms, so... All the minimum requirements, you know, um, we don't have nice cushy chairs here, but um, uh, that's okay. We're thinking about getting just hard steel chairs over there anyway. Just, you know, <laughs> y'all need to be so comfortable when we preach at you, right? Uh, and so, um, well, we're going to get some of those folding wooden chairs. Remember those folding wooden chairs that used to, people used to have? So, uh, but um, anyway, uh, yeah. what's that? You bring a cushion. Bring a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bring your own cushion, right? Yeah. So. Praise God. Well, that's all right. We'll have everything. Uh, well, we can't. We won't have everything set up. But uh, uh, just plan for now that unless something changes, you know, if you get over there and it's just a sign we're back here, then you come back here, right? But uh, we'll be back there next Sunday, and so, uh, and it'll probably take a few weeks to get everything settled back down, back to where it's supposed to be. But it's all right. We'll get there. Amen.
All right. Praise God. We'll be blessed. Have a wonderful weekend, Lord, and, and uh, you're dismissed.